Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, I wanted to discuss a topic today that's probably not the most exciting, but certainly one that needs to be discussed when it comes to your diet, you know, your food intake, um, something that's often so missed by uh, many within the industry, especially in the early stages of their journey. And I think that many people won't actually incorporate this into their diet until they actually start like prepping for a show, um, and that is, you know, dietary fibre. Um, so what I wanted to do is just just do a short podcast a little bit about, you know, why I think you should be eating dietary fibre um, or having sort of fibre in your diet all year round, and the benefits it, it, it has for us, um, and some of the things that you maybe, maybe are unaware of. Um, and honestly, whenever a client first comes on board, the, the most sort of common trait between them all is that they have very little green veg, um, even vegetables in, in general, um, in their diet. Um, in some cases, in fact, in quite a lot of cases, um, it might be completely devoid of, of vegetables, um, which is pretty crazy when you when you think about it. Um, for those of you that, that are kind of wondering, well, what is fibre? Um, I guess we should start there. It's just the name given to large complex carbohydrates that are found in the likes of plant-based foods. Um, however, fibre itself you know, cannot be broken down um, or absorbed by the body. And for as much as, you know, the, you know, I'll be honest with you, when I was younger, you know, when I was um, a teenager, when I was a kid, I didn't eat any fibre. Um, fuck, even even after that, when I was at university, I, I ate like a, like a knob, you know, it was... On my lunch break, I'd go to the Brenner and I'd get like a, you know, commission chicken baguette, a, a Yorkie, a packet of crisps and, you know, later on a tea, maybe have spaghetti bolognese. So, you know, I didn't really eat too much fibre, but when I think back to it, I could kind of understand why digestion was probably quite shit for the, the majority of the time. Um, but whilst the human body can kind of cope okay with not having too much fibre, it can lead to a number of problems kind of later on down the line. And many people, uh, many clients when they first come on board, they may have a host of digestive issues, um, such as constipation. And honestly, I've had so many clients that have come to me with that, um, and we've sorted it just by ensuring they get enough fibre in across the day as well as enough fluid, um, which is pretty damn amazing. I'm talking like maybe clients that have went from maybe getting two to three stool movements a week uh, to daily. Um, and you can imagine how much better and how much more comfortable um, they feel. So I guess um, that's kind of where we'll start. Number one, uh, the, the most sort of taboo subject for many people is to talk about their bowel movements. You know, it's not something that uh, you'll discuss with your friend, your partner, or maybe you will discuss it with your partner, um, but it can be very sort of taboo. Um, and it's one of the number one things that, that we sort of focus on at Video Physique is just ensuring, okay, well, are you, you know, how, how often are you going, going across the day? What's the consistency like? Are they loose? You know, are they hard pelt likes or are they kind of quote unquote normal? If you're unsure, I just refer you to the Bristol stool chart if you're looking to analyze, um, you know, what, what the consistency is like in, um, in a diet that's sort of low in fiber or completely devoid. It's really common to see a very slow digestion, which will mean you might not go to the toilet every day. You might find that you, you know, you're unable to pass stools. And when you do, um, you might find that it's quite hard and you never feel like you get a full kind of clear out. And they might be more, as I said, more like rabbit-like or pellet-like. 
Um, and simultaneously with that, you, you probably experience, uh, if that's the case, a lot of gas, uh, a lot of bloating. Um, and that's mainly because the stools are passing through the digestive tract quite slowly. Um, they've broken apart because they don't have the sustenance because you've not got a lot of fibre in your diet. Um, and as they're travelling through slowly, um, the byproduct of that, you know, they ferment and give off uh, and give off gas, um, which which obviously isn't ideal. Um, you know, and if, if your goal, uh, here's that one, I'll try to put it to you. If your goal is to build as much muscle as you can, you're having slow, inefficient digestion. It's something you want to avoid at all costs. You know, we often say you are what you eat. I always say you are what you eat digest assimilate and do not discreet right we want to try and get as much nutrients from the food uh, we're eating as possible to help us recover from the training that we're doing um, if we find that we're backed up for a day or more or we're getting gassy we're bloated we're uncomfortable uh, we most certainly aren't getting the most out of that food um, and you can imagine like going into training uh, feeling uncomfortable or bloated uh, it's going to more likely distract you and impact performance you know, let's say, for example, you're trying to do a top set, but you've just got an enormous amount of gas, or you feel uncomfortable. You're maybe wearing a weightlifting belt. Um, that's been, you know, the weightlifting belt's putting even more pressure on your your sort of your midsection. Um, so all in all, not a good scenario. So this is kind of where um, you know fiber will come in. And by this, I'm referring to like earthy vegetables. So your broccoli, spinach, etc., etc. If you have an adequate intake, and by adequate, I'm going to say uh, roughly about 30 grams um, daily total coming from those sort of earthy vegetables, not just the, the stuff that you're kind of getting like a little bit from a little bit from oats and whatnot, um, but coming from earthy vegetables, it'll certainly help you pass stools quicker. You know, fiber itself is going to bulk up stools, making them softer, making them easier uh, to sort of pass through the digestive tract, and, and ultimately have you feeling a bit more comfortable. So from my experience, um, the, the kind of going with the 30 grams uh, daily um, can really help. However, I know what you're probably thinking or you're going to say that it's all good when I'm dieting, but when I'm bulking, I'll get to dieting here soon. And when I'm, But when I'm bulking, Vaughn, my appetite's so low, I just can't get it in. And I can fully relate because I would say that I probably do get fairly lazy uh, in a gaining phase with it because sometimes the bloating is just constant when you're putting in so much food. Your digestive system has never really evolved to, to cope with the amount of food we put in as bodybuilders. Um, however, you know that's maybe perhaps a fall, fall down on my part that if I kept more uh, greens in, kept more fibre in, um, then it would it would most certainly help. So for, for those that really struggle, what I recommend is something called Silum Husk. It's uh, insoluble fiber. It's something that you can kind of put, I put it in my oats. Um, it works really, really well. It's effectively tasteless. Um, and that can help bump up your overall daily fiber intake. But what I would say is just like, how I get around it is I just get something like spinach and I just like blast it in the microwave or blast in the in the pan, the frying pan um, and just make it. So, Cause you know what spinach is like when you heat it up, it just sort of shrinks. Um, and try and get about say 75 grams of spinach um, at least or a couple of times across the day add your husk in there um, another portion effectively you can try and get fiber in every single meal understandably you might not because let's face it if you're eating like pop tarts and cereal or, or whatever post-workout you're not going to have a plate of broccoli with that are you and um, however uh, you might be able to put in some sort of silent husk in your sort of post-workout shake or whatever and that'll kind of work out work out really well so guess the number one thing from what I just said is that get enough fibre in you to support digestion um, and you'll be all good. The, the second thing that 
I think is often poorly misunderstood um, and I'm not going to go into too much detail here with it because it's just not um, not what I'm about is to support the um, you know fiber itself can support the microbiome of the gut and if you're wondering what microbiome is it's kind of classified as the genetic material um, of all the microbes so by that I mean like bacteria fungi um, viruses and whatnot that live on and inside the human body so we're going to specifically talk about the, the microbes that are found in the gut and these are really really crucial to our health you know they help us digest food they're essential to our immune system um, and are linked with a, a wide array of health aspects such as sort of mental and cardio metabolic diseases and you know these microbes don't feed off of like they don't feed like we do they don't feed off sort of carbs proteins and fats um, instead you know they, they will feed off fiber um, they, they can digest it you know they can like from that digestion they can produce short chain fatty acids um, which can actually enter our bloodstream you'll know, be absorbed in our circulation um, and ultimately affecting our metabolic regulation so therefore you could say by consuming adequate amount of fiber you're literally feeding um, the, the trillions and you know let me point out there are trillions of these microbes that live inside of the gut um, and allow them to thrive which is kind of good at, at keeping us in, in good health you could say and as you as you feed these microbes they're going to increase in number and the more we have in our gut the thicker we're gonna, the thicker sort of mucus wall we're gonna have that lines your gut, and this effectively is gonna give it a better barrier between our body um, and, and the busy sort of bacteria population. So, the the mucus barrier itself in the gut is gonna lower inflammation and throughout the body, um, and the bacteria are gonna aid in digestion. So, you could kind of say that, that it's creating a, a dual benefit. You know, there's also you know, what you could also probably add to that is you know to make sure you're eating fermented foods uh, you know pre and probiotics would really help <coughs> excuse me support the, the microbiome of the gut and your microbiome is something that's really really cool and it can kind of change by by season uh, by the week or even by the meal that you've just eaten so if you eat a large array of sort of fruit and veg grains uh, your gut will reflect that um, to kind of ensure that you have optimal gut health digestion, I would say you want to try and eat a wide variety of these across the month, you know, kind of choosing what's in season, lowering your processed food intake, um, and ultimately, if you can, include uh, fibre in sort of each each meal that you're having across the day, um, or as many as you can. You know, if you're, if you're having sort of three meals that have meat in them, or maybe eggs or a meat alternative, then there you go. Then you have another couple of meals that are more like, you know, oat and whey based or um, maybe the rice cakes and whey or whatever it is, uh, then then maybe you could, maybe you don't necessarily need to put fibre in those meals, but if you need to, bump up your daily totals and you could go with the sort of psyllum husk that we said, um, which would work really well. Another sort of added benefit of, um, you know, green veg and fibre, and something that we, we've got to take in consideration, we must speak about in this podcast, is the fact that fibre can fill us up. Um, and it doesn't contain much calories at all versus, um, you know, let's say a chocolate bar. So ha, uh, here's the thing, right? Have you ever spoken to someone who's got themselves in incredible shape, and I'm talking like peeled, who hasn't eaten green veg? If you have, then, you know, you found a unicorn because they're few and far between. And the main reason is um, is hunger. Right? Hunger is something that most people will try and curb 
when dieting to extreme low levels of body fat. And although it's inevitable that you will be hungry for for the majority of the day, um, we can be sort of strategic about that, try and offset it and try and volumize your meals as much as we can to vastly reduce this. So I guess like, let's try and keep it simple and break down um, a scenario here um, by which you know, maybe maybe you're scheduled to eat five meals across the day and you've split that up into eating every sort of three hours, which is quite common. Uh, maybe some people go for six meals. I personally always favor five because six just, yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of meals, um, particularly in an off season. But scenario one, you know, you opt for a protein bar because you want something easy, you want something quick, maybe you're feeling lazy. Uh, you finish that protein bar within 30 seconds, um, it's done nothing to your hunger, um, and you still have another sort of two hours, 59 minutes, and 30 seconds until your next meal. What do you think you're going to be doing for those that, that next sort of two hours, 59 minutes, and 30 seconds? You're going to be very food focused. It's all you're going to be thinking about. You know, you're, you've not had that sort of satiety feeling, that feeling of fullness, or that feeling of, okay, right, I'm not fucking, my stomach's not rumbling. And then on the flip side, Let's take scenario two. Um, you know, maybe you opt for like a chicken uh, or a meat alternative, and then a large portion of, of broccoli and spinach. Uh, maybe you've added some sort of peppers or mushrooms or onions or whatever to that meal as well. Um, it's quite a big meal, and that meal itself could maybe take you 10, 15 minutes to finish. Um, and afterwards, you kind of no longer feel um, any hunger pains. Uh, you don't necessarily feel kind of quote unquote full because I don't think you ever will when you're when you're pretty much peeled, uh, but you don't feel as ravenous as you were. You don't feel as food focused. You you kind of feel kind of content with that. So if you were to look at those two different scenarios, you know which one do you think will help with dietary adherence? And if you haven't already guessed it, you know it's scenario two. Um, if you go for that sort of meat meat alternative and greens uh, veg. Um, in around sort of the majority of your meals across the day, I can speak from experience when I'll say you will stick to your diet, you will less likely to be overeating, you'll have a successful dieting phase. It's when people try and sort of like cram in like fucking Halo Top and a, a wee a wee tiny chocolate bar and this time the next thing, those are the people like those are the people. I'm sorry, but they, they go over their diet, they go over their calories, they don't adhere, they don't stick to it. Um, mainly because they they're mostly trying to get enjoyment and taste out of it when when you're trying to get peeled it's not about that it's about making sure that you know food food has got its purpose it's good it's you know it's a fuel you're trying to fuel performance you're trying to hold on to it you're trying to you know you're trying to take body fat levels down to extreme places and you food doesn't need to be tasty for that so i think that if you are prepping um and you've or you've prepped once before and you try to like always have your sweet treats and this and the next thing i, I would also say don't this time around and opt to change those meals for more like your 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 meats, uh, meat alternatives, your and, and fiber. Um, not only will you feel fuller, but it'll really help your digestion. Because what's the one thing that slows down, particularly in females, is you put them on low calories. Digestion, right? And and if they can't get to the toilet every single day, they can feel bloated. It can skew the look, especially like a bikini girl. You don't want that, so you want to try and ensure we're going daily and having sort of three portions of fiber there across the day. It's really really going to help and it should should allow them to get to the toilet every single day. So that's probably the, one of the main things um, when it comes to bodybuilding and eating fibre, especially when you're dieting, that um, you, you need to, it needs to become a part of, of kind of what you're doing. Um, I think in the lead up to a show in the last week, 
in the last few days particularly, you would look to reduce that. Mainly because, you know, if you're a guy, you're probably putting a lot of food in anyway. Um, you don't want to sort of overload the digestive system um, with the extra food you're putting in because um, the last thing you want is to experience any sort of bloating and whatnot um, close to that show. And if you put in a heck of a lot of food with your fibre on top of that, um, yeah, it'll happen. I've seen it before. Another thing that I think that we should discuss that is kind of probably overlooked um, would be fluid balance, right? And it's not something that many people have much knowledge about. Um, I won't go into, I try not to go into too much detail here, um, but it's certainly one that is crucial when it comes to, to looking at kind of optimizing muscle contraction, you know, cellular hydration, maintaining blood pressure, and ultimately health. So before I get into it, right, in the body we have what's called the sodium potassium pump, right? And, and this is sort of a pump that is in charge of transporting sodium potassium ions in and out of cells, um, but also at the same time, water is going to go with that. And it's going to flow against a concentration gradient. So for example, um, if you've got a high amount of sodium outside a cell and a low amount of sodium in a cell, that's going to, the sodium is going to, you know, go get on it into the cell against its gradient um, going to move from a concentration of high to low if you had a lot of potassium in the cell and not so much out then it's going to kind of come out with that um, water will kind of always passively follow sodium that's that's the best way you kind of got to think about that keep it keep it in your mind so if we consider the the typical westernized diet what do what does it have a lot of in it and a lot, lot in the foods the answer would be it's got a lot of sodium in it right so if our diet has a lot of sodium in it and we know that water follows sodium, so we're constantly putting in sodium, there's a lot large concentration of sodium out with side a cell, where's it going to go? It's going to go into a cell, water's going to go with it, we're going to experience fluid retention, we're going to increase our blood pressure, um, etc, etc. So what we want to have is we want to have uh, balance with this, right? And you're like, well, okay, Vaughan, where does fibre kind of come into that? Well. Fiber itself contains potassium, as does majority of animal meats. But a lot of people, um, a lot of bodybuilders, although they'll eat, you know, meat say two three times a day, they might not eat veggies to help bump up their overall potassium intake. Now, some of them will use the likes of low salt to help balance that out, of course, um, which which works. I, I use it as well, um, because sometimes you, you know the amount of fiber you need to eat to try and balance things out um, would uh, would be a heck of a lot. And anything above 30, um, you know, if you start getting into 40, 50, it could have the opposite effect and it could actually lead to the constipation. Um, so, as I said to you before, eating your green veg can give us a decent amount of potassium, um, which can offset this sort of, or it's not going to offset the high sodium diet that you've experienced. If you've experienced high sodium diet, just fucking reduce it, um, right? But ultimately, if it, you want to, when it comes to sort of supporting blood pressure, supporting let's say fluid balance um, and proper functioning of this sort of sodium potassium pump then then consuming a bit more fiber is going to ultimately lead to that and if if just it was the average joe and we're telling them look eating a bit more greens is going to lead to lower blood pressure um, what's that going to do it's going to increase your your life expectancy but when it comes to performance if we have sort of like optimal we have fluid balance we get improved muscle contraction. If we have improved muscle contraction, we're going to get an increased performance in the gym. If we get increased performance in the gym, we're ultimately going to have further breakdown of tissue, which we want because ultimately we want to get jacked. But you know, the sodium potassium pump isn't just 
regulated in regards to fluid balance, it's also involved um, in things like synapses and neurons. And again, we don't need to go into that, but it's really, really important in the body um, and something that we always want to ensure that has been supported. It's, I mean, that I suppose is quite complex and quite complicated. Not many people or bodybuilders, uh, you know, at an amateur level will have a think about sort of, <coughs> excuse me, sodium potassium um, intake. But if you are going to, and you want to kind of go down that route, I'd recommend roughly about a gram of each sodium potassium for every 20 kilos of body weight. So if you are a 100 kilo male, then you're looking at five grams of potassium, five grams of sodium, and that should be sort of adequate enough for for you to you know function the way you want to and kind of be quote unquote optimal. Um, and then last but not least um, would be kind of the reduced risk of colon cancer. If you didn't know, um, in the United Kingdom, bowel cancer is the fourth most common cancer um, and the second biggest killer uh, with 42,000 people being diagnosed um, each year. And all you need to do is literally Google um, you know, colon cancer and fiber intake. And you'll see a bunch of studies that come up that'll kind of conclude that a high intake of dietary fiber um, will, will, is associated and strongly correlated <coughs> with the reduced risk of colorectal cancer. Um, and, you know, the way to look at that is simply by eating more fiber in your diet, you know, I said about 30 grams daily, you can ultimately live longer and have a decreased risk of cancer. And when you think about it logically, um, and you look at the abundance of fiber you see in the aisles in the supermarket, it kind of seems silly not to include that. You know, how does how does fiber do, you know, how does fiber reduce that risk? Well, we talked about it at the start of the podcast, it's gonna help move stools through the gut easier. Um, if we if stools pass through slowly, they obviously have time to to ferment um, and produce sort of byproducts, nasty byproducts that we kind of don't want within our body. And what stools can do is, as we said, sort of bind everything together, get rid of them a bit quicker, but also bind to anything that we consume in our diet that may be considered like a cancerogenic. So that's obviously where fiber uh, comes in. So I think when when we kind of sum it all up, um, dietary fiber should be or sort of fiber itself should be included in our diet. You know, although your goal might be to to become the the biggest and the most jack motherfucker on the planet, um, I'm sure there'll come a time later on down the line when you're going to say to yourself, "Fuck, man, I wish I just had a few more years." And if you could act now, simply by making some changes um, in your diet, then it'll you know you won't be you won't be asking yourself those questions or. Or kicking yourself later on in the years, and if you're if you're going to come to me and say, Vaughn, actually, you know, I've tried eating fiber, and I really dislike it, and it makes me gag and whatnot, and it's, it's fucking tastes like shit. Uh, I'll tell you to get on with it because I was one of those people. <coughs> I didn't eat any fiber, probably till about twenty fifteen. Um, then I started dieting. For, this was for a, my first kind of proper diet. It was for a, a holiday, Ibiza with the guys. Many people. Uh, many guys, that's usually their first diet, isn't it? Um, I thought, right, I need to change how I eat. So I started eating fiber, starting new veg. And let me tell you, for the first two, three weeks, it was fucking horrible. It was rubbish. But then after those two, three weeks, I started being like, well, this isn't so bad. This is all right. And then, you know, a few years later when I'm dying, I'm like, ooh, yeah, broccoli and chicken's pretty good. 
We'll know when I'm dying, though. If you ask me that when I'm bulking, I'll say, fucking shit, but you got to get it in. Um, so, yeah, if you come me with that, I'd say just get on with it. So, to kind of conclude, I say it would be be wise to include fibre in your diet um, if you're a bodybuilder, if you know, you're into physique development to help support digestion and also you know, support the microbiome of your gut. We spoke about that as well. Um, in a dieting phase, fibre can reduce hunger. Um, it's going to improve dietary adherence and ultimately you're going to have a, a more successful dieting phase from that. Uh, one of the areas often overlooked in sort of maintaining fluid balance um, through that sort of sodium potassium pump um, is the is the sort of intake of potassium. And if we do that, it can help support that sort of sodium potassium pump, as as we said. And lastly, and probably the most poignant note is that you know a, a diet that's higher in fibre is going to reduce your risk of colon cancer, ultimately make you live for longer. So. I think I'll end it there, guys. Um, and just remember that wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.